Knock knock. Who who's there? Podcast theme song. Podcast theme song who? Hello and welcome to Game Jelly. This is the show where we design a game in real time. I'm Tieran Costello. I'm a, I was going to say artist and composer. Oh. I guess I'm changing my brand. Wow. And I'm Keating. Wait, where are you coming from? Well, I can I say what I actually am, please? Oh, sure. So I'm sorry. That's totally fine. Yes, yes, yes. I forgive yes. you. Yes. Uh, I'm a designer and composer, and I'm coming to you from a little bedroom in Massachusetts. And I'm Keating Shimeri. I'm an artist and a designer and a game show host. Um, and my my guest has sort of rudely already introduced himself, but uh, <laughs> welcome to the show, Tiran. Uh, you like games? Happy to be here. <laughs> yes! Love the energy. I... <laughs> I'm uh, actually that's a that would be a great Jeopardy episode if just a guest introduced the show and the and the <laughs> host is just kind of looking at them awkwardly and then actually introduces the show and like goes over and talks to the guest. That's such a good idea for a Jeopardy episode. Yeah, that is a good. <laughs> you, know, you know how Jeopardy's always looking for new ideas. <laughs> we should we should start a show called Jeopardy Jelly where we come up with new ideas for jeopardy episodes we release it weekly and people can see that we're like promoting it way harder than game jelly <laughs> this is such a good idea it's funny because jeopardy jam is a much better name for a show um i'm coming to you guys with a pitch today this is a, a very simple pitch because i thought of this and then i thought oh keating will really enjoy working with this uh so it's it's very it's like a one-line pitch you are playing as a little mouse in a big village. And the sort of hook of the game is that you're a vendor and you are, you know, foraging for stuff to to sell in this little village. And it's this really nice, cozy community where everyone's, you know, trading and, you know, looking for new wares and, and you know, buying stuff. There is a currency, but then also you're trading stuff a lot. And as the game progresses, the city is also advancing and so technology advancing is a sort of milestone for character progression Ooh. um or almost like roadblock for character progression that gets broken down at certain points so the game explicitly tells you here are the things you can do because here is what's possible in this world and then the world changes and as the world changes what you're allowed to do opens up and the game essentially treats it as oh i didn't know you could do that because now these mice are building new stuff totally i love that and it's it is very concise thank you I, I i do want to shout out um tumblr user linens who made a poll where one of the options was uh a small mouse that sells foraged goods from its mouse hole and that i loved so much and that inspired this idea so shout out to linens thank you linens um, sorry, linens. I don't know how many L's are in there, but I assume multiple. Like a hundred. There, there are three. That's nuts. Actually, I kind of feel, sorry, I kind of feel bad calling out this person's specific Tumblr name, but it's not really doxing. 
if it's a pseudonym. So we're good. Sorry, go ahead. Sweet. Folks, we didn't talk someone. Again, another W. <laughs> another W for Game Jelly. You know, it's such a nice starting point to to just have the, like, you know, searching for stuff. You know, that that's sort of a very fun baseline is just give your give your players stuff to look for and reasons to look for it. The technology development thing is interesting because it makes me think about the uh, idea of progression where as your player progresses, the challenges that they're facing should also get harder. But then there's the thing that people often talk about where you can't have the challenge and progression uh, happen at the same rate because then the difficulty isn't changing at all. So you need those two to be basically two um waves that are out of sync with each other are you are you listening jrpg developers <laughs> exactly um this it's so applicable to jrpgs uh and you know any sort of rpg but uh when it's broken down to those numbers those numbers can become completely meaningless if if all of the numbers are growing at the same rate yeah i say that with a great deal of love i'm just thinking about the final fantasy 8 system where monsters levels are legitimately i kid you not they are entirely dependent on your party's current level using like using some multipliers so if all you do there are other systems in the game that accommodate this and are amazing but if all you do is do a standard stat grinding thing where you're leveling up it is literally not quite one to one but it is a direct relationship between your level and the enemy's levels which yeah is especially tough in that game because of how hard it is to learn the other systems in that game. Yes. Um, though they are very cool. Um, I think that this idea of like technology development uh, lends itself to that out of sync growth in a really interesting way where like the rest of the world is changing and then you're catching up to it in some way. But then also you're influencing how the rest of the world is changing, I, I assume. Yeah, for sure. I mean, just by the nature of in games, you, what you do, I understand that you're saying in the actual reality of the game, your character has some influence. But just by the nature of your actions progress the plot, like, yeah, as you get more stuff, as you move through the story, that is what triggers the world changing. So I think it would be very natural to have it be as you gain new stuff to sell. It's like, oh, you sell it to this, you trade this thing to this inventor mouse and this inventor mouse develops a you know new power source or something like that right this is such a cool opportunity to to do so many different things with this i really like the idea of a central inventor figure um you can do fun stuff with like there's this central inventor figure who's doing a bunch of really important stuff but then this other person is developing this completely alternative power source that it turns out is like really good for some other things and that's a big like wave that happens through this society when that power source like comes to fruition and then also i'm just thinking you can do a bunch of fun storylines where this progression has a sense of like you can't go back basically so then you can have first of all specific characters where they're like you know you can have a thing of where it's like people struggling to keep up with the changes that are happening in this society um but also you have this sense as a player where it's like oh this this town looks really different than it used to 
and there's things I'm, you know, really like about this new town. It's given me access to all this new cool stuff. And also there's stuff I miss from how it used to look and sort of figuring out what you want to, what you want to keep from how it used to look, how it, you know, used to be. Um, and that could be an interesting arc of like, you know, as these new technologies are progressing, how are you bringing back things from the old time before them? Right. I mean, watching stuff become old fashioned before your eyes and, and sort of leaning into the idea that as technology advances and we become nostalgic for old technology, this, this is a quote from someone, I think it might be Brian Eno. I don't remember, but the idea is basically that when something becomes outdated, its imperfections are what we immediately gravitate towards from a sort of nostalgic standpoint. So like vinyl clicks and like CDs skipping and grain on old photographs, those things that would be imperfections are the nostalgia points. And so that could be a movement that's rising up in this society is like, oh, now there's this sort of aesthetic appeal to the stuff you sell in your shop as this this quaint little mouse who used to be doing all the cutting edge stuff but now it's like your butter churn is kind of rendered you know useless but it's really trendy that's that is one direction to go with it at least maybe that's not the exact thing we want to do but i like the idea of you watch in real time as these things that at the beginning of the game are like these massive technological it's like, oh, a mouse made that. That's incredible. Quote Anton Ego at the end of Ratatouille. <laughs> but later in the game, it's like, oh, my God, this is so quaint. I love this. Um, and so we can sort of kind of like really like show younger generations how, you know, silly they are. It's really That's true. That's our goal. I... <laughs> um, it, could just, it could just be a fun thing of like, oh, you go from being a kind of you can treat it in a positive way. You go from being this this salesperson, from being this forager, to sort of being an artist of sorts. Mm-hmm. And, and we don't even have to get into a negative territory of like, oh, you're you're so last year, you're so you know. People can still really value what you're doing for different reasons. Totally. And I think leaning into something else you said, I also really like the idea that the game would explicitly say like, you can always go back. You can always, you can always change these decisions, you know, take all that pressure off the player and then have the player start to feel the pressure of, oh no, things are changing fast in irreversible ways at certain sort of technological milestones in this game. Um, And not necessarily in a super negative way that might be good, but like, I like the idea that Prior to certain points, the player has the feeling of full customizability, but then as sort of society expands, you know, there's a little bit less, a little bit less power in the player's hands to shape everything, a little bit more power of like what they are actually capable of doing with all this new technology. Totally. It strikes me that there's an interesting game design challenge built into this premise that basically I'm picturing this technology shifting also applying to like movement options i think it'd be really fun if this game had a lot of interesting movement options i'm thinking of it as a a 3d platformer incidentally although we can talk about i love that i i was thinking 3d platformer well i wasn't actually thinking 3d platformer i was thinking 3d exploration so i love it being a platformer 3d exploration with some amount of like customization 
of your own shop, of your house, uh, which maybe is on the top floor of this shop, and then of little parts of the city because you're this important person in the city. So it's like you have a say in certain uh, is sort of like Animal Crossing. You have a say in certain things of how the city will be constructed. Yeah. So I guess like platformer elements, but not not strictly a platformer because you're doing all this other stuff too. And like there's this management aspect to it and uh, all of that. Um, if there's this technology progression thing, it's interesting to think about. And especially if the goal is to talk about how older technologies change as newer technologies rise it's interesting to think about what that means for like gameplay elements as technologies the thing i'm picturing is if you get like a grappling hook early on um and this is this like big sort of revolution in your in your uh movement where now you can uh you know shoot it somewhere and swing there um or like pull yourself there um and suddenly you don't have to you know climb and jump all the way there and then uh you know technology progresses even further and now i mean this might be going too far with the technology you know has technology gone too far now we have like warp drives (laughs) um (laughs) like something where you can now teleport short distances or something like that or like do a dash somewhere um i mean like a jetpack uh yeah 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 little mouses and jetpacks exactly uh that was my impression of a guy who's listening (laughs) (laughs) um thank you anyway i i think this is an interesting thing that you actually see in games a lot like i i feel this in games where especially in like a metroidvania you do at some point have a thing where it's like wow i used to have so few options and those options did feel so good and you know, sometimes progressions in games make you stop doing some of the thinking that was really fun to do at the start of the game, which I don't think we should, you know, introduce frustration with that. But I think that there's a an interesting thing to do with the game design where you introduce these new things that are more convenient. They give you options for things that you, you know, couldn't do before then figuring out some way that that doesn't make the old options obsolete i have an idea Mm -hmm. uh half-baked what if there's like a single event a single game within the game a single sort of town tradition like monthly tradition that grounds certain things in time which is to say like something about it can't change so when you go back to this thing I mean, I don't want it to just be as simple as, oh, there's one part of the game that strips away your abilities. I think it should be more central. But my my thought is basically something about the town cannot change, maybe by some necessity or outside pressure, maybe by some internal sort of nostalgia driven group. The, 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 the thing I'm sort of thinking about is I've been thinking because I see a central theme here of progress isn't linear. I see that as kind of being the overarching argument of the game. Um, I was thinking about things that you progress at in life as well. Things that you get better at. You are also not going to get better at those things linearly. So I was trying to draw parallels there. And I immediately thought of in competition, you are not always going to 
go to a tournament or go to a game or go to a, you know, even go to a practice and be better that day than you were the last day because the last day you did well. I was thinking something like that as a through line through this game could sort of cement and and help this theme of the game of progress not being linear. And then we can kill two birds with one stone here and say that's the place where technological progress doesn't affect it. So you always get these kind of the, the satisfaction that you're describing from the beginning of the game. Totally. I think I think that's really interesting. And and I'm so sorry. I just want to jump in and say I, I just want to clarify because I think we've moved pretty fast on this one. So you're a mouse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you run a shop. Technolo- technology. Technology. <laughs> is advancing. We're coming up with an idea for a thing called technology. Yeah. Um, it's really cool. And it changes. And it's bigger than ever. Uh, technology is advancing. And then I do want to clarify that. I want to lean into more into the the movement stuff you're talking about because you said grappling hooks and I was in. Um, I think it's I, I think there might be some amount of customization you can do just to kind of remind the player of the things that are changing in this world. But mainly, I do think it's a a movement heavy game, and a lot of it is foraging and getting things from new places. And like as t- we can say, the kind of heart of this game from a gameplay perspective is. You are this brave mouse who is willing to go out into the world and collect things from the outside world. You have a loop of things you bring back, which other mice aren't brave enough to go and collect. Things you bring back can advance technology. As technology advances, you can access more places and get braver and braver. Then in the hometown of the mice, there might be this sort of monthly Olympics or something that you are also a star of and there the technology isn't changing things and maybe there are maybe there are places where it changes things but there the technology doesn't uh doesn't change but you could even have like the culture around it change as technology moves past it and we could almost do a like oh this is kind of a funny tradition because like this used to be the coolest thing we had and now we have video games (laughs) <laughs> you know so i'm sorry I, I i think i was interrupting you but i just wanted to clarify because i do think it happens on game jelly that we get into something we get really excited about it and then it's like wait i thought this was a game about mouses yeah <laughs> and, so, and so uh i wanted to to slow down there and clarify those specific things we started talking a lot about jetpacks and we might have lost the mouse part of it during that time. Yeah. <laughs> and and when we looked back and realized that we had essentially just developed jetpack joyride, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> we might have cut that whole part. But that was... Okay. So you just robbed a sort of... A, I'm picturing a lab. A lab. And so the game starts and you bust down the wall. Bust down the wall. And so picture a machine gun, but it's strapped to your back mm-hmm. and it's shooting downwards and that's a jetpack. Oh, it's shooting downwards and it's making you and fly. And it's no longer a 3D platformer. It's a 2D sort of infinite runner style game. This is really helping the listener follow along. <laughs> um, I think this is really good stuff. <laughs> I actually don't know if you're being ironic anymore. Oh, no, that was Jetpack Joyride. Um, <laughs> that, <laughs> that was the Jetpack Joyride talking. Um, sorry, yeah, I just I started playing Jetpack Joyride, and I was just describing what I was seeing. Um, I 
am picturing something where your your mouse has a big backpack because that's good stuff. And then I'm picturing that you can basically there are slots on your backpack for attaching technologies like a grappling hook or, you know, other movement things like that. Um but maybe also there's something I don't know. You could have something where also there's sort of a geometric like arrangement thing where you're also making sure that there's space for you to get items and put them in your backpack. Uh, does that make sense? Like you could attach more equipment to your backpack, but then you'd have less room to get new items. That is great. I love that. So then also it's like, oh, I see this really valuable thing up there. So I'm going to design a backpack that will let me get up there. But once I get up there, I'll only have room for like two of those valuable things. I simply adore this idea. Um, but then there's this sort of process of deciding what you want to bring out with you on your uh journey and like which of these new movement technologies you want to to bring with you um which i think just makes it more of a conscious decision for the player basically yeah i mean you're making me think of both on sort of opposite ends of the same spectrum minecraft where every item slot is created equal Mm -hmm. And Death Stranding, where every item slot is very, very much not created equal. Um, and it is about how does using your inventory affect uh, affect movement, affect how else you can allocate these like different packages, uh, placements and stuff like that. I think that I think that I like the idea of having like a basic inventory system that is just whatever the base bag is of this of this backpack that will hold a certain set amount of items and then yeah having these a bunch of different specialty kind of slots that you can attach for like oh this will hold this this will easily hold a grappling hook or a uh what else would uh i'm trying to i'm thinking of like zelda stuff that that lets you move in cool ways i mean you could do a glider you could do like i'm picturing you could add a propeller mm. and that like slows your fall, but then you could get more propellers. That's good. And then if you wanted to, you could do like a ring of propellers on your backpack and it would let you, you know, actually fly a short distance or something like that. That is the perfect like outside the box aesthetic that this game is going for of like, oh, I wonder what would happen if I tried multiple propellers, you know, or like, oh, these slots, which I've been told because it's a game about innovation, these slots, which I've been told are for my accessories i could attach i could put this thing i could put this propeller on that slot and then yeah sure enough when i jump it slows me down and oh what would happen if i attach if i use less bag space but attached more of these slots where accessories can can go and attached four propellers there oh my god i can do a like perfect horizontal glide and i can get to that spot i've been wanting to get to that would be such a satisfying moment in this game totally i love inventory management i don't know how much we've talked about this on game jelly i love inventory management in games like death's death stranding i i was like yeah this game is pretty good but the like fact that it's all about inventory management that is sick i love when i watch minecraft speedruns. i just love watching them manage their inventories i could watch it all day <laughs> um yeah it's funny that the two games that i think about are one i forget what resident evil game introduced that maybe it was four i don't remember one of the resident evil games has like a geometric inventory management thing um and then also the game 
uh dredge do you know do you know it i do know it it's the most game jelly not game jelly game that's my it's take. so true <laughs> it's it is very game jelly uh that game it's a fishing game that has cosmic horror elements and like a core part of the the gameplay is arranging the fish that you catch in your boat um and so it, it has this sort of geometric element to it um and it's like such a simple thing but it's such a fun bit of you know problem solving and it's also i i you know bring those two up because i think it's funny that those are both like horror games because this sort of inventory management can be so like it can build so much tension when you can only hold so much stuff yeah and so i think it's interesting that in this game it's this like cute wholesome shop game but i think it's really i think it really fits because it's um first of all taking that and adding this like opportunity element to it where those are all about having like super limited space and this is about like what can you do with all that space basically yeah i mean i do think as as um as much as it is like a wholesome game it is the case that you're the bravest mouse and you're going out into the world and mice are very easily frightened Mm -hmm. um yeah it makes it makes sense to me that that we would like evoke that kind of player tension and limit their freedom when they're out in the world in that way because that is that that is the reality of a mouse in the real world totally i'm sorry to say it (laughs) and it's sort of that like compression release thing that we want from you know a shop game where you're going into the world it's like a little more tense but really exciting that you you're getting all this stuff and then you come back and it's just like really relaxing in the town and you're doing your your slower uh you know work there Uh, absolutely the other game that i feel like we have to mention here is moonlighter which is a different it's it's kind of similar in that you're running a shop and then going out into the world and collecting things to sell at your shop um but that's a like dungeon crawling game. It's like a Zelda style dungeon crawling game. Um, although I, I think it's very applicable to this where it's you're building the town and uh, selling things at your shop and, uh, you know, getting more supplies to go deeper into the dungeon and then get more stuff back in your shop. And it's such a satisfying loop in that game. Yeah. So um, j- just just being blunt here, do we want a plot like a full overarching thing like i think it's my concern the reason i ask directly instead of just kind of starting to throw stuff at the wall is i don't want to have a like oh like bad progress bad or like technology bad message um i don't really feel like introducing like a like i i like the idea that this that this game does this thing but then you're still very respected in this community and this like little shopkeeping i just i that's that's fun to me i like the idea that this technology starts to change it's maybe a little tense for the player they realize the tutorials have been lying to them but then it's like no you still find a place in this world because this society is good and is built on community and you see that through the way that we all come together to do these mousely olympics <laughs> i thought those i thought mouse and month would combine more easily um yeah um and so i, I don't really want to introduce like like the nefarious jackdaws route of like and then some of them are bad because i think in nefarious jackdaws it made sense because the point was 
you take your existential dread and turn it into curiosity and the bad guys take their existential existential dread and take it to mean that life doesn't matter and like that will worked in that game because i i like that i like that theme and the kind of revelation that yeah actually like all life is uh you know valuable even the even these like birds that live on mars or wherever that aren't breathing oxygen or anything they are still uh valuable in this game it's like i don't really feel the need to make some of the mouses evil <laughs> um yeah sorry um that caught me off guard um i i definitely agree and i think i think this game has the opportunity to be about like introducing these feelings to the player and basically letting them like you know sift through them the thing that makes me feel like that would actually work is the way that it's tied to the gameplay where you're sort of consistently making judgment calls about these things that are happening um that makes me want to keep it a little bit more uh subtle or or even just like scattered where maybe there are isolated stories about these things but it's not one overarching plot of um yeah the the bad mice and the good mice can i float an idea um based on that idea of like just keeping it more scattered keeping it lighter for sure maybe we just have a little bit of like a character growth thing of there's some type of artisan in town some type of artist in town who the game kind of treats as maybe like a little vapid sort of through an unreliable narrator tactic make it seem like this character is going to be the villain because like they're opposed to all this technology and they don't you know value the work that you're doing as much and then they're sort of an enemy in this game but then as your character watches the world kind of progress so rapidly and watches the sort of non-linear leaps forward that we're taking as a society they start to sort of empathize more with this person and realize like oh you're scared you know look at this other artist and say oh you're scared and like you're doing something that's valuable for society too totally i love that it makes me think that it becomes really important to not just have the technology of uh the like start of the game and the future of the game but also from before the game because this mouse is sort of entering this world at a a sort of random point in time and so there is this history of this community um and there are these technologies that have already fallen out of favor before the game ever started right we are entering at their greatest point at our protagonist's greatest point of comfort exactly that's why these tutorials and things that surround it are like this is how the world is and this is great you know what i mean because from this character's perspective this is like their ideal life totally which i think provides a lot of interesting gameplay ideas among other things it makes me think it would be fun to think about very specialized older technologies that you can use as movement systems the two that come to mind are like this is maybe a little shallow in terms of the you know aesthetic goal but like just slow climbing gear that lets you reach really high places but you know takes a really long time to get there or i'm picturing even just like some t- like tiny little pole vaulting stick or something like that where 
it gives you a little extra boost that uh you know is tough to use but then lets you access some things and maybe even like if you put it in combination with the propellers it's like you get almost all the way to the place you're going and then you use this little pole vaulting stick and get the last little bit and so then it's your character learning about new technology and also learning about the history of their uh culture in this in this society that is great and they could even find like blueprints of stuff and use technology that we've gotten since to recreate old things that would be really cool if there was a a sort of ancient civilization maybe you yeah you you find over the course of the game that there's this ancient civilization that had this really cool you know old technology and you're like i don't know how i do this and then as you move forward and technology advances it's like oh that blueprint is now possible for me to make but then it's older stuff and oh go oh oh it's old human technology this is so similar to Birdsong, our, our episode a few episodes ago, but I love the idea of you find a blueprint for a typewriter and you're like, this is awesome. <laughs> That's so good. And you like build a typewriter for your artisan uh, friend at some point along the line. And they're, they're like, this is this is weird. I don't like it. And then they start to use it and they're like, oh, my God, I can like, you know, I can, I can just like keep writing and writing on this thing. And my, my hands don't get tired from gripping the little mouse pencil. That's so good. And it. It could even be something where you're talking to the artisan and they're like, we don't have this material that we used to have anymore um, because it was some finite resource and we, you know, haven't been able to find a new source for it. So we can't make this old technology that we have a blueprint for. And then in the sort of progression of new technologies, you uh, develop some or like synthesize some new version of that that then lets you you know access this older item yeah that is awesome and then here like i I think this is a a core mechanic but i think this is a good place to kind of like tie a knot on this and call it a nice finished idea is a big part of the game initially is yeah just finding these blueprints and like learning different ways to get new blueprints alongside all this other stuff and then watching the non- um you know the very like not parallel progression of the kinds of blueprints you're getting and the the way that technology is advancing and there could even be a thing where oh there are these human blueprints that are big and we can't like we can't access them and then it's and then you know you we can't read them we can't figure out how to how to you know scale this down for us and then at some point it's like you know we we hired so we got one of the mice in the village to um you know, go through and kind of transcribe this pixel by pixel and scale it down. But then somewhere along the way, they 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 invent the idea of like the the thing, the the device that scales images. You know what I'm talking about? A JPEG? No. A JPEG al- no. algorithm? <laughs> no. They invent a JPEG algorithm. No, that the parallelogram thing. I'm typing. I'm I'm searching for this. The parallelogram. Oh, thing. I can picture it, but I don't know what it's called. Yeah, yeah. This is it. This is it. What is this thing called? This website can't be reached. What? A pantograph. A pantograph. Okay. Okay. Hopefully you're still following despite that interlude. (laughs) But the idea is like at some point you invent a pantograph and then it becomes a lot easier to like put it up. Oh, wait, that doesn't really. 
apply here. <laughs> oh, what a waste of precious time. <laughs> I'm sure we can make it apply. <laughs> anyway, inventing a pantograph at some point would be really cool. The point I'm making is like blueprint finding is a big part of this game. Human blueprint finding is a big part of this game. And then scale it, finding the technology to to scale that down to a point where it's useful to you is a, a certain milestone of technology in this game. I'm so stuck on saying what a waste of precious time <laughs> in the middle of a podcast. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's like the number one rule of podcasts is don't mention how precious time is. Um, <laughs> because if we start thinking about how precious time is, what are we doing here? We follow two rules. Yes, and and don't mention how precious time is yeah um i love that i think that's such a a cool idea i really like the idea too of just there being these big sort of ongoing shifts where you hear a buzz about like uh some technology that might exist in the future and then there's the smaller shifts of like this person you know you go talk to the inventor and they're like this is my job right now i'm figuring out how to build this thing could you bring me these things and I'll build it? Yeah, I love that. Th then it makes some of this stuff we're talking about more directed. That's great. Uh, do you want to do a minigame minute? That sounds great. Let me pull up a timer. Okay. And I just wanted to apologize to the audience for not having a quarter minute character this time. Um, I actually do have a little mouse character <laughs> who's... Uh, just so lovable and sweet but also really annoying so even for a, a character quarter minute i just don't <laughs> feel comfortable having it out there let's just say he's very squeaky and he loves cheese but uh, you can imagine that in your heads for 15 seconds if you'd like to uh anyway mini game minute let me know when you're ready we got a timer um let's go in three two one go a uh, mouse get ball Mouse get I thought the exact same thing. What the Oh heck? my god. <laughs> well, I thought of mousting, uh, like jousting. Oh, that's so good. For the Olympics. Um, you are, like, developing new varieties of cheese throughout the game. Nice. I just, I thought the phrase, pin the cheese in the mouse. That's all I got. <laughs> um, you, you can attach fishing rods to your backpack, and then you can, like, automate the fishing rods so you could walk into water and just get a bunch of fish at once amazing butterfly catching which in this universe is akin to like dragon slaying it's catch and release though oh that's so good uh r racing with other mice maybe that's the monthly ritual thing and it happens on the full moon at night on the full moon at night that's really good um i just imagine like like a cat like chasing you kind of thing i, I don't really have a fully fleshed out thing there and that is our minute Maybe we don't want to introduce a cat this late in the game. <laughs> I just, I was just thinking like, oh, like chasing is something that we is really not present here because it's such a slow paced, chill game. But we do have this idea of like there being cool movement and stuff. And so if you knew you could go into a cat's lair and that was a place you could go, you know, it's like, oh, this will be kind of a place to test my to test my skills at this point in time, you know. And maybe you can only do it once you have an escape route you know using some technology or something yeah i think that could be a a consistent thing throughout the game though where it's like i mean that's partially just a good barrier to have where like you can't go out at night because the you know cat is out at night and like you you know are sort of 
figuring out what zones the cat is in and then you can have scary moments of like you're exploring the world but then you have a close call with the cat and you know have to rush back home um i think that could be good yeah i see this as a game that's um uh you know obviously credits roll at some point and it's some like nice moment maybe between you and the you and this artisan character or just like maybe maybe the game ends with just like the council of the city awarding you some very high honor because of all you've done um and then that's that kind of marks the point that technology stops improving because it can't just keep going but uh i do see it as just like you can keep playing it is meant to be you know played and played and played it is not a like narrative beginning and end game first and foremost totally i mean you could have some like items that are really hard to get which you know could just be a very fun uh post game thing maybe the you know warp drive uh item is is a post game thing where if you get a ton of of you know really tough to get items you can build that totally i mean yeah even just any sort of vehicle would be a really cool like only post game acquisition oh that just made me think you could have you could attach wheels to the side of the backpack yes and like roll along the ground super fast yes that is awesome um also just the the like races at night thing made me think that would be a fun uh again just like way of making the progression of the society very visible where you know it starts out and it's like moonlit and maybe there's a few lights maybe there's like a fire in the middle or something like that and then you start to see lights appearing around town and then you know you get different colored lights as the light sources change and then you're you're sort of seeing the way that this city is is changing at night i'm going insane that's a great idea <laughs> uh, i really really love that idea that's my way of saying i love that idea <laughs> yay um I also like that idea from the perspective of like, oh, hey, couldn't we do this weekly now? Like now that we don't rely on the full moon anymore. And then, you know, there could be a period where it's like now you can now you can play the games anytime you want, but it's more casual, you know, so it's not a everyone gets together. But it is a like, hey, do you want to go play some of the games in that yard? Once lights are invented, that's like a, a huge jumping forward point. That's a really good idea. Kind of a like minor detail to end on. But I also think that's in keeping with the the vibe of the game i like it well this has been game jelly thank you so much for listening uh and as always uh we will catch you in the next one i've been tieran costello and i've been keating shimeri bye 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 i'm gonna play mouse get ball this weekend we're gonna play mouse get ball this weekend i'm gonna build a mouse get this weekend <laughs> kitty i'm sorry for the call out let it be known we stopped recording and kitty said oh wait can we record one more thing <laughs> and i hit record again for that have a good one, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks again for listening, everyone. Keating is back at school, but while we were both in the same place, we recorded some fun bonus content that we're planning to release over the summer. We'll keep you updated on that and more over on Twitter and Instagram at game underscore jelly. Thank you to Dylan Lynch for writing and performing our theme music and to Ruth Demery for producing the show. We will be back on Wednesday, February 21st with a brand new game. But until then, stay safe out there and thank you for spending your precious time listening to our podcast. Bye-bye. Bye.